Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have the amazing Vasavi Kumar here with me. Vasavi is a kick-ass coach and speaker and all-around epic human, and you're going to get so much gold out of today's episode. Vasavi shares her empowering story of sobriety, how to overcome imposter syndrome, and tangible things that you can do to get more speaking gigs and media for yourself and your business. I'm so excited for you to jump into this. Vasavi is a pro at helping her students and clients think differently so that they can go after opportunities and projects that are aligned with their brand values. She believes that with impeccable character, work ethic, and unwavering values, you can do, be, and have anything that you want. You have a unique gift and it's time to discover and share it with the world in a much bigger way. So without further ado, let's welcome Vasavi onto the show. Hello, Vasavi. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here and for everything that you're going to share and open up with. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me here on your podcast. I know you're doing amazing things and you're sharing such great content with your listeners. And I just, I I hope to be able to contribute today. I'm sure you are going to contribute so much. I already know some of your story, which is so inspiring. And I'd love for you to kind of open it up a little bit with what led you to doing what you're doing now and turning your, essentially your mess into your message and really just helping a ton of people live their life of their dreams. Well, I, I want to be completely upfront and say there's a whole lot of mess there. So <laughs> the, message, the message naturally did come from the mess. And I'm, I'm glad that you're highlighting this, um, turning the mess into the message, because that's really what I love doing with people. I love to help people overcome imposter syndrome. Mm. Uh, I, I, if I can so boldly say this, I, I feel like because of everything I have gone through in my life, which I'll get into in a second, I am the solution to imposter syndrome, right? Wow. So if you're feeling like... I have a message and a story and I want to get it out there. I want to be speaking. I want to be doing interviews like this and I want to be sharing um, valuable content. I want to be helping people, but you can't or you're paralyzed by that fear. That's where I come in because on a personal level, and I know we spoke about this prior to this, you know, us even getting on here. I lived a, a very dual life. I lived in duality for a few years. Um, I started my business in 2010, and um, shortly after that, so I my background is in social work. I'm a licensed therapist, and I went mm-hmm. to Columbia. I got my master's in social work. Shortly after that, I became a coach, and I was working with entrepreneurs and small business owners on their mindset. And as I started to grow my business, I learned a lot, and so naturally, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm I want to share this with other people, right? I'm sure you understand yeah. that. You learn something, you want to <laughs> teach it. Um, I'm a lifelong learner and I'm a teacher uh, and teacher and lifelong learner. Yeah. (laughs) I got divorced in, at the end of 2014. 
And um, it doesn't matter how many books you read, no one prepares you for that. No one prepares you for, it's like, it's like a limb, like a part of your body is being removed when you get divorced or wow. any sort of heartbreak. And shortly after that, I, um, I got into a relationship that was probably my greatest spiritual teacher. I didn't realize it at the time, but I got involved with somebody who was in recovery, who had just gotten out of rehab, eight years younger than me. And I, uh, it's funny because when I got divorced, I was like, I'm going to use this time to get to know myself, right? Yeah. Isn't it funny how like <laughs> we have all these intentions, yeah. right? To like put ourselves first and we're going to focus on ourselves. And then the universe comes down and they're like, bloop, distraction. Mm-hmm. Are you going to pass the test? Well, I did not pass that test. I got involved with somebody um, and then I got, I got, had the opportunity to recreate what I didn't have in my marriage. And in my business, I was doing really well, right? I was, I was coaching people on how to live their best lives and help them with their messaging and everything that I'm doing now. So I want to wow. say that I, my messaging has always been the same. It's when you know yourself, you can do, be, and have anything you want. You got, you got to know yourself. Totally. I didn't know myself, nor did I give myself the chance to really get to know myself. And so um, I didn't even realize that I was codependent at the time, but I ended up with an alcohol and cocaine addiction. I don't know how wow. else to say it. I became like the person I was dating in order to please him and in order to be loved by him, I became like him. Wow. And, Was um, it like a gradual thing or? Oh my, well, you know, when it comes to addiction, Stephanie, it's like, it, it's, a, it's a progressive disease, right? So what started out being like Friday night, we're just going to go out, hang out, do yeah. a little bit of blow, you know, became, and, and here I was, right? On the outside, everything's looking great. Vasavi Kumar, she's been featured here, here, here. I'm making eight to ten thousand dollars a month. Everything is together. On the outside, everything is looking great. But on the inside, behind closed doors, I was slowly developing, gradually developing what became a full-blown addiction. And so what just started out on a Friday night, dabbling in a little bit of cocaine, became five to six days a week. Wow. So now where I'm at, there is a there is a silver lining in all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we speak today, actually, I'm a little over 11 months sober. Congratulations. Almost the one-year mark. Thank, all, almost there, girl. We are almost there. <laughs> we are, I, yes, we are almost there. Thank you. And so for me, uh, doing the work that I've always been doing, is, is it, it's coming so naturally for me, but it's coming from such a different place because there is a alignment and there is a oneness mm-hmm. from what I'm thinking, saying, and doing versus let me coach you on how to live your best life, but then come four o'clock, five o'clock when all my clients are done doing cocaine off my kitchen counter. Wow. Right? And so the mess, the, 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 why I'm so committed now to helping, especially when you're in the service-based industry, right? Like us, we are coaches, we are out there, public figures, people looking up to us, motivation. If you are not feeling your best, and we all have our version of my mm-hmm. cocaine addiction. You may not have a cocaine addiction, but there may be something else where you're feeling like your message is not aligned with who you are behind closed doors. Yeah. So that's what I want to help people with is like getting really clear on who you are as a person, what you stand for, what your values are, and, and being able to position, package, pitch that uh, so you can make a difference. Wow. Yeah. That is so powerful. I just want to like, thank you for your, just your transparency and like sharing your journey and your story. I can't even imagine, um, how it must've felt kind of like 
doing one thing in front of the camera or in front of people or whatever. And then another thing behind, I, like how did that, how was that like that misalignment? I, I love that you're asking that because most people don't ask that. They're like, oh, okay. Well, let me tell you, uh, I was able to be in denial for a little bit because de- denial, I mean, most people who have an addiction, they will not admit that they have an addiction. Totally. It's like, I'm okay. I'm high functioning. That's the scariest part of all of this is that I really thought everything was okay. In my Mm. mind, because I was so used to looking good and and creating, I I had created this persona of who I wanted people to look at me at, how I wanted you to look at me. That was so strong on the outside that I didn't really have to get real with myself. Yeah. I didn't have to. So how was that? It was, it was a slow death. It was a slow death. And um, the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm-hmm. And so I have gradually lost that connection to myself. And if I can just paint a picture of how bad it got. Um, and for, for you all ladies listening, I want you to think about in your own life, where, you, where have you lost that connection with yourself? So mm-hmm. quick story, I think at the height of my addiction... So I checked myself into rehab in October 2017 and then again in March of 2018 because I'm not a, I don't learn things the first time around. I'm a thorough <laughs> learner. I had to go twice to rehab to finally get the, get the lesson. But I remember right before I went to rehab the first time, I was about to snort a line of cocaine. And wow. I remember I did. I snorted that line. And I remember I said to myself, and I said it out loud, like maybe hoping God would hear or universe would hear. I was like, well... I guess this is just the way it's going to be. I had, I had completely surrendered to the fact that I was hooked. Like, this is just the way my life is. I was hoping to hear a voice back, that little voice that's like, no, Vasavi, yeah. you're okay. You're going to be okay. And I heard nothing. I heard nothing. It was just, this is where I'm at. And at that point, I knew I, completely, I had completely lost connection with myself and wow. with my higher power because usually... You know, I, I don't know if you do this, but like, do you ever talk out loud yep, to your, I, you I know, do it all the time, <laughs> do it all the time. We are, we're like crazy people talking out loud to ourselves and it's all good. I have conversations with myself. I'm certified. So <laughs> and now, you know, obviously I hear that voice back, my intuition, my higher self. I did not hear that voice back. I wow. didn't hear it back. And I eventually got the help that I needed. Um, and I'm very, very grateful for my family and my friends and my sponsor and everyone who has supported me throughout this journey. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's really where I'm at today. And I'm grateful for all of it. Wow. If I can just say this, I am so grateful for having burned my life down to the ground completely. Because had I not burned my life to the ground, I never would have had to really take a hard look at myself and how out of alignment and how out of integrity and how much I lied to myself and to those around me on, on the daily. So wow. I'm very grateful for it because it's forced me to have to become brutally, rigorously honest with myself. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure like your whole life changed after that. I mean, when I talk about, when, when you say my life has changed, um, what has changed the most is how I relate to myself, to re- relate to other people, and also the amount of faith that I have that everything is going to be okay, and the patience and trust that no matter what, it's going to be okay. And this concept of one day at a time, 
for somebody like me who is a hustler by nature <laughs> is has been the most beautiful thing for me because I it, it, I did not get to 11 months of sobriety overnight. Yeah. It's literally been a day to day, minute to minute, emotion after emotion, heart, having to deal with heartbreak, having to deal with rage, having to deal with despair and not having to run from it or numb my mind through the use of alcohol and drugs. Wow. It sounds like it was kind of like a dark night of the soul moment of like, <laughs> like really having to go through all the shit that comes yeah. up. Wow. I'm, very, I'm very grateful uh, for my sobriety. I, I would not be who I am today, where I am today. I was just talking about this with my dad today. I come from a family of addicts and alcoholics, not my parents, but my uncles, my grandfather, mm-hmm. uh, and my Same. dad said to Oh, so you too? Yeah. My, well, not my direct parents, but it's, it's yeah, family it, members. Yeah. And that's sure. the craziest thing, right? Like you would think that our parents or my, you know, my parents had a drinking or drug issue and they don't, mm-hmm. but it's, it's in the genes and it's also just a, a lot of it is environment also. And addiction is a disease of the mind. But my father said to me, he's like, do you ever think about using? And I was like, of course I do. But I know it's like, okay, if I want to ruin my life completely, I will go back to that. Right now, I'm not trying to ruin my life. I'm trying to stay yeah. forward. So I, I know in my head, and there is power in admitting powerlessness. There is po- I'm going to say that again. There is power in admitting powerlessness. It does not take away your inner strength and power by admitting, shit, I have a problem. I have a struggle and I need help. That was very hard for me to admit. And I'm so happy that I did. Twice. It's it's awesome. I I love how like two parts of this. First off, I love that like you've, you've like turned this into your, I guess you've, it sounds like you've deepened your purpose in like helping people through this experience, deciding that like you're helping people get more in alignment with what they're doing. But Mm -hmm. also I feel like just by you sharing this part of your story, it's so helpful to not only people who have dealt with addiction, but just people in general who feel like ashamed to be who they truly are Mm -hmm. or to share their story or to share their struggles. And for you to be able to share it with such strength and like just power is really, really inspiring. So I just want to like highlight that and note that because I feel like a lot of people like, you know, they have imposter syndrome come up, but also they're scared to show like, you know, the, the dark moments or the challenges or whatever. Let me tell you, that's so funny. I think I just saw your cat. Yeah. She freaking does this all the time. Is that a cat or a dog? My cat. That's That's so cute. I was like, look at that little furry tail. So I, I, I want to give a simple solution to what you just said. You know, people are afraid to share that dark part of themselves. Um, I, would like to say that it, me being able to share this in the way that I share with, you know, unabashedly with no shame is because I have found meaning in it, right? So if you have yet to find meaning in the dark moments, if you have yet to find meaning and um, have gratitude for those dark moments, it's going to be that much harder for you to share it. But the minute, you know, whether you've gone through some sort of trauma, whether you struggle with, uh, you know, some sort of disability, whether, you know, whether you're struggling with confidence or, or an addiction or whatever, a heartbreak, and you're afraid to share it, here's what I'm going to say. You got to take the time to really ask yourself, why is this happening? And I don't mean it in terms of like, man, why is this happening to me? I'm yeah. not saying it in that way. It's like, whoever you turn to, whatever higher power, energy, universe, God you turn to, really asking like, 
there has to be a reason why this is happening. There is a lesson for me to learn. When you learn that lesson and you surrender to the fact that nothing is happening to you, but it is happening for you, and you start to embrace that and live each moment like, not, like every moment is divine. Everything is happening for me. Then when you share it, you can share it from a place of gratitude. You can share it from a place of strength rather than this happened to me. Yeah. My cocaine addiction did not happen to me. It did not happen to me. The big, the, the, I, I would say the turning point for me, I was in a therapy session and this is, you know, I am a licensed therapist myself. Uh, we always teach what we need to learn. So yeah. I, you know, I, I, I regularly go to my therapist, but I remember when I was in rehab, I said to my, I said to my therapist, Michelle, I said, you know, I was talking about that ex of mine and I was like, he did this to me and he did that to me. And because of him, look at my life. Mm. I, this was me oh, a year and a half ago. And she stopped me and she was like, Vasavi, nothing happened to you. You allowed all of it. Boom. The minute she said you allowed all of it. And here's a little caveat. There are things that have happened in our childhood that happened to us. So I am not disregarding yeah. that. I'm talking about as, an, as adults. Totally. Um, and things that we have allowed because of our own low self-esteem and our lack mm -hmm. of confidence. When the minute I realized I allowed this, I allowed this person into my life, I continue to allow this person in my life. When I realized that I allowed it, I immediately got my power back and I was able to focus on what do I need to do? Yeah. Where did I go wrong? What do I need to work on? He, was, he became a non-entity in my life. He was no longer the focus and the problem. I am the problem. I am the solution. Mm, I love that. Oh my God. That's like, um, like being at cause for it. Yes. We, we, it's like that cause and effect and like yes. always finding like being at cause gives you empowerment and it, mm -hmm. it helps you take your power back. Even things that have happened that like from childhood or stuff for people, if something has happened to you, we've all experienced trauma or something. It doesn't mean like how you were saying that, that, you know, it was your fault or anything like that. But later on, if you can find that lesson, that piece of strength from it, you take all of your power back and you can like cut the cord to whatever it was you were kind of pining over. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, like what happened, what ha has happened to us in childhood is one thing, how we choose to look at it and our perspective as an adult is completely up to us. And yeah. that, is, that is a very hard pill to swallow if you've been holding on to that story your whole life and that mm -hmm. has shaped your identity. Um, and so for me in that moment, I realized like nothing happened to me. Yeah. I chose and I stayed and I, what, what I realized, Stephanie, like the lesson that really hit home was I allowed myself to ignore my intuition. That, wow. voice that was like, he doesn't really love you. He's using mm. you. He's using you for your money. He's using you because you're, you're his sugar mama. These are all things I am just... These are all things that I ignored. I heard this voice and I ignored it because I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt at the cost of ignoring my own intuition. So I realized I've done now, that. <laughs> I mean, haven't we all? And I think yeah. that's, I mean, that's, and I, and when I look at the amount the emotions that I have around it, the person I was angriest with the most was myself. Mm. I was angriest with myself because it's like, man, you knew better, but I didn't know better. 
Now I know better. I didn't know better back then. I have to go through that. So for your listeners who are going through something and, you know, they want to put themselves out there as, as coaches and speakers, you know, and you're, and you're feeling fraudulent and you're feeling fake. It's a really, that's a beautiful place to be, by the way. If you're feeling like an imposter, it's a beautiful place to be because then you have the opportunity to ask yourself, where am I not being real with myself? Where am I not being true to myself? What's the story that I've been telling that's actually a little watered down? What's the story that I really want to be talking about? What's the thing that, what's the insecurity, the vulnerability, the, the Achilles heel that I'm not willing to share? That's what you need to be sharing. Mm. Because you, you, you're, not, you're not alone. I mean, we have, what, over 6 billion people in this, in this world? You are not yeah. alone in how you feel. So. Wow. So is that like how, like kind of something you kind of take your clients through of like pulling out that, what is the thing that you, you're meant to be sharing more of? Yes, it's absolutely looking at what is your, and when I say what is your message, yeah. it's really what, if you have 30 seconds and you had a huge microphone, to share one thing with the world before your last breath, what would that be? Wow. Feel unfiltered, no fluff, what would it be? So we take that core message and then look at where does that come from? From there, we can, we can extrapolate the stories that have fueled that message, right? So mm. my core message is you have to cultivate a relationship with yourself. You have to know yourself, get to know yourself better than anybody. What are the stories that that support my message, right? So growing up in an all-white town, grow, uh, you know, back on Long Island, New York, I was always trying to be like everybody else because all I wanted was to be accepted. Mm. And I kept my mouth shut and I never wanted to offend anybody. And I just tried to mold myself because all I wanted was for you to love and like me and accept me. I have so many stories that support my core message. So when you get clear on your core message, then it's time to kind of go back and be like, Well, what are the things in your life that have happened, not to you, but have happened in your life? What are the experiences in your life that support that core message? How can you use that, be a a powerful storyteller and share that, whether it's online, offline, in your blogs, on your podcast interviews, every story that I'm talking about right now, trust and believe I have thought about this. You know, I I have thought about the stories that I want to share because these Mm -hmm. are the stories that have impacted me the most in my life. And of course, as life goes on, I'll come up with more stories. I have more yeah. stories, but you know, it's really important to get clear on your experiences and how they've shaped you. Yeah. And I think that, well, when you own that, it's like that, that basically is your, your offers, your programs, your books, your everything. Yes, yes absolutely. And I, and I love to say this to people, like turn your painful story into your most powerful business and life asset. Your painful story um, is, is your most powerful asset because it's those painful stories. It's the pain that we've gone through that when you can harness in on that pain and really look at how that's helped you grow as a person, you can take that, shape it into your next book, shape it into your messaging. You can get into the mind of your target audience because if you're clear on your pain and your struggle and what was going on psychologically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, even when you're writing, you are writing with them in mind. You are writing with that woman in mind with that mm. customer avatar in mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some may say that's manipulative. I think that's extremely strategic. By the way, if men were to do that, it would be a power play. Okay. <laughs> but as women and we are in business and we want to connect with our audience, you have to think strategically. And, yeah. and as long as your intention is pure, that's what I say. 
we're manipulative all the time. I manipulate all the time. Okay. <laughs> but it's a matter of what is my intention in my manipulation, right? Am I trying to get you to see something that maybe you normally would not want to see yourself? If the word manipulation is, is triggering you right now, then I just invite you to open up and kind of really look at where I'm coming from here. It's not manipulate you to, to um, do something harmful, right? If it's, mm-hmm. if it's inspire you to take a course, to buy, hire that coach to work with you, listen to your podcast because you have great information. If it's going to help you further yourself in life, there's nothing wrong with that. In my yeah. yeah. What are some ways that you, really, that you use this in your writing? Or that you help people use it in their writing to speak to their people. Just curious. Yeah. In my, so what, that's great. So the, what I always do when I start off writing is I think to myself, what is the what is what is the voice? What are the voices in my reader's head? What are they telling themselves? What is the meanest thing possible that they're telling themselves? What is this, what is the, what is the unkind thing that they're saying to themselves? Because when I write, I want them to read that and be like, "Shit, she gets me." He gets me. And 10 out of 10 times, I know what you're thinking because I've gone through the same thing. I know what you're going through because I have gone through the same thing. I have experienced those same thoughts and those same words to myself. And so for me, I can use my own experience to develop that empathy and emotional intelligence, put myself in your shoes, take that and put it in my copyright. in in all my copywriting, Mm -hmm. put it in my, even as I'm sharing this interview right now, speaking to that person who I know what they're going through. I know what that imposter syndrome feels like. So everything that I say is intended to, number one, establish that rapport. And at the end of the day, what I know being a licensed therapist and a social worker and coach is that at the end of the day, Stephanie, we all just want to be gotten. We just want to know, man, you get me. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter your gender. Doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. You just want to know you get me. And so yeah. that's, my, that's my goal. So when I write, I write and then I read it back to myself and I'm like, this is BS or <laughs> this is too wordy or I need to simplify this down. Let me use some just like third grade languaging here. Why am I complicating my writing right now? What would I be saying to you if you were right in front of me? Yeah. Right? And so that's how I write is that if I'm just having a conversation with you one-on-one, what would I be saying to you? And I, I, I talk out loud when I type. Do you do that? Yeah. No, but I'm going to totally try that. Oh my God, please try. Next time you write <laughs> anything, as you're typing, pro tip guys, as you're typing, say it out loud as you're typing mm. because you can hear the sound of your voice. You can hear if you sound like you're being fluffy and you're not being genuine and you're just kind of trying to sound smart. Don't try to sound smart. Yeah. Just try to relate to Just people. be you. <laughs> Just be you. Yeah. Just be you. I love that. I'm totally going to try. I mean, I talk out to myself out loud all the time anyway. I may as well do it while I'm writing. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's funny when you and I first got on the phone, um, and I do do this, and, and I do this, uh, I don't know if it comes from a little bit of like past anxiety, but I mean, anytime I want to, anytime I meet somebody new, I say to myself, I always like not rehearse, but I'm like, what can I say to this person for them to feel like? connected to me, you know, and I, I'm intentional about that. I mean, what I'm asking everyone to really pay attention to is the intentionality and the mindfulness be, behind mm. what they say and what they write. So I, I want to instantly connect with people. I want, I, because it doesn't matter if you've never had an addiction or not. It doesn't matter if you're brown skin like me, or you're, you're not from the East coast or whatever. It doesn't matter. We can always find some common ground. And that's my, that's my goal. Mm. How, do we, how do we relate to each other? You know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love your New York energy too. 
Oh my God. I wake up like this girl. I wake up like this, but by like three o'clock I'm done. My energy's like, after this, I will be face down probably. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, ah, so much good. So many good things. So many good things. So, so many people deal with imposter syndrome. I know that for sure. Like I hear from my clients, my students all the time. I'm scared to go on video. I'm scared to do public speaking. I'm afraid people will judge me, blah, blah, blah. Like what are some ways that you particularly help people get in, like get over that? Or like, like get in front of people, like actually take the action and like overcome that if there's anything um, or anything you want to share. Because I know people listening are like, yes, tell me all the things on imposter syndrome. Yeah, I'm not going to give you some mindset bullshit about just do it because we already know that. The antidote to despair, the, the, the solution or the elixir to despair is to take action. Let's just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. If you want to do something and you're scared to do it, the way to overcome the fear is by doing it. But let me mm-hmm. tell you exactly what you can do, right? Like actual strategy. First thing I want you to do is to write down three topics that you would love to talk about. Love it. What, what is it? Write down three topics. Topic one, topic two, topic three. Please don't make it fluffy. Literally think about what is the outcome that you want for your audience, right? Is it, so I just gave a talk on um, how to identify your unique gift. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It's pretty damn simple. You know what you're going to get when you come, right? I have another one coming up in Austin, March 17th and 18th. How to craft your perfect pitch and land media placement without spending a dime. Pretty self-explanatory what you're getting. And I'm doing another talk with AISD, Austin Independent School District, on um, implicit bias and beliefs. And it's for uh, white mentors who are working with children of color. These are all things, topics that I'm passionate about. If you notice, Mm -hmm. it's not all about like imposter syndrome or this and that, but I've really thought long and hard about the things that I'm most passionate about talking about. Mm -hmm. And I I write them down. So first thing, everyone, write down three topics you want to talk about. Keep it as simple as possible. It should be, it should be able, uh, a third grader should be able to understand what you're talking about. Mm. Um, Microsoft does that, by the way. When they have their manuals, like how to use something, they actually test it out with 10-year-olds. And if a 10-year-old can't understand it, they go back to the drawing board. Keep it simple. So first thing is three topics. Do that right now. Second thing that I want you to do is I want you to look up organizations. Start locally. If you're in Austin, and we're in Austin right here, so I keep saying Austin. Mm -hmm. Wherever you're at, look up five to seven, 10 would be great, organizations, women's groups, or whatever your audience is, you need to get clear on who you're talking to. It could be multiple audiences and that's fine too, but get clear on who you want to speak to, right? Um, if you want to talk about uh, how to create genuine connections and you really want to work with um, realtors, I'm, I'm just making this up, right? Like yeah. then you, you, might, you might want to reach out to the local chapters, the local chapter of realtors and, and pitch your topic. I'm going to get to the third part. Second thing is, so first thing is the topics, three mm-hmm. topics. Second thing is to reach out to five to seven, max 10 organizations. Third thing I want you to do is craft an email. What I don't want you to do is take 10 days writing out a huge email. No, (laughs) you just want to get the conversation started. Mm -hmm. So as simple as, I I wish I had it pulled up, but I literally just wrote an email last week and boom, like within 24 hours, I'm already booked for March 17th and 18th. You want to get the conversation going. So let's be really clear on what step three is, right? Step three is really about getting that conversation going. You're going to reach out. You're going to find the contact info for the person that you want to reach out to and say, hey, so-and-so, my name is Stephanie. (laughs) This is what I do. Here are three topics that I would love to talk about with your audience, with your members. Use the correct languaging. Yeah. Depending if it's like a podcast or a live event or whatever. Yes. 
thank you for saying that. You can use this for any platform, right? Live, podcast interviews, hosting a workshop, speaking at a conference, like just get the conversation started, right? This is like, this is, this is really about small talking. Small yeah. talking and getting your foot in the door, having them know that you exist. People don't know you exist, you don't exist. So writing a really brief email, I'm talking really small, like, hey, so-and-so, my name is Stephanie, this is what I do, I, I, or you know, I work with blah, 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 I speak on this and this, here are three topics that I'd love to share with your members. Do you have any opportunities to speak in the upcoming months? What's your process like? Would love to take this conversation further, would love to know more information, can't wait to hear back from you, sign off. That's it. That's it. Wow. That's all I want you to do first. That's so easy. That is so easy. That is all I do. That is all I do. And when there are, what what I noticed is when I've sent emails that are like, here's my bio and here's my this and my freaking life story, (laughs) too much. Mm -hmm. What you could say at the end is if you want to learn more about me, here's my site. I'd love to get this conversation. Give Give them three things that they can work with. You could even boil it down to two topics, depending on who you're pitching yourself to. Yeah. That's, that's what I would say. Wow. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's like super tangible, breaking it down on three steps. So good. And that's, that's also something that you work with people a lot with too, like getting speaking gigs and stuff. Getting speaking gigs, um, getting clear on your, the, the story, like if you're doing a podcast interview, what is the story that you want to share? How is that Mm. valuable to their audience? Uh, Please do not send out mass pitches to podcasts. Like look at the person's podcast page and look at who they're speaking to. Listen to a few of their episodes and ask yourself, wow, what, what is my core message and how can I use this message to resonate with that audience? What is the value that I'm bringing to that audience? And listen, the number one thing people are afraid of is rejection. You're only rejected if you're making it about you and you're taking it personally, okay? Mm-hmm. You have no reason to be rejected if you're in service. When you're in service to the audience, then it's like, okay, I'm, I'm really committed about sharing this message to people, okay, with people. And if you're like, if, if, if someone would you know, want to be on your podcast, right? Like, Stephanie, I know that you are really committed to and your audience are you know, spiritual entrepreneurs that are really trying to live in alignment. Here's a topic that I'd love. That, that, I mean, that is their job, right? Your job, mm-hmm. if you're pitching yourself, is to share what you have to offer. It is up to the host. It is up to the event planner to say yes or no. But you got to do your job. Yeah. In, in our 12-step meetings, there's a phrase. It's, very, it's a very popular phrase. Faith without works is dead. You can have all the faith in the world. You can think that everything's going to work out. And that's great. Even having a mustard seed of faith will take you very far. But if you do not couple that, with actual action, and that action can look like a text message, a phone call, rewriting your website copy, rewriting your speaking page, sending an email, sending a DM on Instagram. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter how much faith you have. Yeah. It I'm sorry. It well, doesn't. yeah, we got to take action. Yeah, you got to take that action. And so I'm keep, I'm, I just want you guys to keep it really, really simple. Like, who is that? You know, perfect example. You're on Instagram. You see, you see these, you know... Um, fellow colleagues of yours out there speaking, doing this. You're like, how do they do that? What does she have that I don't have? She doesn't have anything that you don't have. She just puts herself out there. Mm. She's just putting herself out there. And so harness your jealousy, harness your envy. Instead of comparing yourself, learn from that person. Don't yeah. hate, learn, see what you can learn from that person. Yeah. That's don't it. hate, appreciate. Don't, don't <laughs> hate, appreciate. Yes. I love my um. cheap <laughs> Um, do you actually like coach people on speaking since you do it so much? I'm just, cause you know, I know that that's like a whole nother probably ball game. 
Yes. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. So as a former, so I've been on television on and off for 10 years. So I've done a lot of live television. Most recently here in Austin, uh, I was a former co-host of our morning show, Studio 512. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That was, that was a complete, like, that was such a new world for me. Wow. Um, so yes, I do. I do a lot of role playing with people. It's really important that you can show up and get critiqued and feedback. If there's anything I learned about being on live television is that it is brutal. And if you want to get better, you got to develop a thick skin. You got to develop a thick skin and be able to take the feedback and implement it ASAP. I owe my thick skin to my immigrant mother who never spared me, (laughs) spared me the rod or spared me her words. I'll tell you right now. And I was just talking to my mother today and I was like, man, I used to think you were like the meanest mom alive, but actually she she was cultivating this grit and thickness of skin inside of me that... When I show up and I do something, I, don't tell me how good I am. Tell me how bad I sucked and tell me how I can get better, right? Th- thank mm-hmm. you for telling me how great I was, but I always want to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I celebrate how far I've come, but there's always room for improvement. And so, yes, I absolutely love listening to how people say things. And I'm always looking to make sure that you're not minimizing yourself, that you are not downplaying yourself, that you are not playing small, and that you are truly showing up as the powerful being that you are. Uh, It's not meant to make you feel bad about yourself, but that's my number one thing that I'm looking for. Are you showing up as confidently and powerfully as you can? Mm. Because as, as women, we do that. We walk into a room, we survey the room, and something happens. Either we feel really powerful for whatever reason, or we feel like, I don't belong here, and so we shrink. Mm. And for me, it's very important that when I work with people is that you are so solid and unshakable in who you are as a person. It doesn't matter whether you walk into a room of people making seven, eight figures, or it doesn't matter if you walk into a room where you are the wealthiest person, you are solid no matter what. Your solidness, that's not even a word, your solidness Mm -hmm. and your strength and your confidence need not have to change depending on your environment. That is completely separate from your external environment. Your internal state needs to be strong and confident and should not be shifted based on where you're at. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so funny. I literally just made a post on this on Instagram saying, don't base your inner world on external shit. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. You said yeah. it way better. I love it. It's way more to the point. And it's, it's how I feel about like your net worth does not determine your self-worth, right? Yeah. Whether I've had 30,000 in my checking or $17 in my checking, which I've had in the past two years. Wow. When I first got out of recovery and my parents had to financially support me. Mm. What I had to learn was that no matter the amount of money that I have in my bank account, I am still always going to show up and be my best. And I am not going to keep my head down because of a number in my bank account. Mm. And my sobriety has given me that confidence. Because wow. I like, yeah, and, I, I, and, I, and I'll say why. I don't run from my thoughts. I don't run from the scary thoughts in my head. I can handle my range of being able to handle the stuff in my mind because my mind is a very scary, dark place. (laughs) It can be. (laughs) For for many of us. And because I don't run from that anymore and I can be with, my confidence has completely gone up. And so, yeah, it's 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 been hard, Stephanie. People see me now and they're like, oh, look at you. And I'm like, if you only freaking knew the shit that I've had to go through... From the time I've been addicted to getting out of rehab and being on TV and going back to rehab, I am a byproduct of that. I did not wake up like this. 
Yeah. I did not wake up feeling this good about myself. I had to feel really crappy and sit with that feeling of crappiness and not drown myself in getting drunk and high in order for me to get to this place of strength and power. Wow. It's so interesting to hear your journey because you said before the whole addiction stuff was going on, you, you started your business like 10 years ago. Yeah. So you were already doing your thing. Then you had like the blip in the road and then it was like, whoa, big wake up call. Let me get back on track. Yeah. My journey was basically in the shape of a V. So if you can imagine (laughs) I was on top, then I hit my rock bottom be frivolity. Mm-hmm. I, I was on yes. top. I, I hit my rock bottom, and then I've had to slowly climb my way up. Um, climb my way up, and I don't mean that like climb the corporate ladder, but just my self esteem. It, it has taken a very long time for me to to build my self esteem back up yeah. because I had this persona that I created. It was all shattered. The world knew about everything because I chose to share it. Mm-hmm. Because I know that I'm I'm not the only one suffering and struggling alone, so I always bring people along the journey. I was a little bit more quiet this time around because I needed some time for myself. Yeah, to process uh, a lot, probably. I had to process a lot. I don't share as much as I used to. I share what's needed, I, and when I feel like it, I share. I don't need to share everything. I am my own uh, guru now. Mm, I, I love that. My, yeah. So, wow. Was there like um a like a specific thing that happened during that time for you that like created the okay fuck this I'm getting going to rehab I'm turning this all around and like me making that like solid decision I'm so so happy you act actually <laughs> asked that so what, what you're asking me is like my my uh my pivot moment right? yeah and for all so first time I went to rehab uh my family flew in from the east coast so I kind of had no choice I didn't because it was like burned through all my money uh, I'd gotten, I'd gotten arrested and I had to pay lawyers and, um, the boyfriend that I was taking care of. I mean, it's, I was making plenty of money for myself, but I was also taking care of another human being mm-hmm. and also feeding my drug habit. So that money, and I had to pay lawyers for my arrest that I had back in March of 2017. All of it is fine now, like clean record, whatever, all that stuff, all of it, you know, it's just like a nightmare that's gone and done and over with. And I learned a lot about myself. Um, first time I went to rehab, my sister and my aunt came and it was like, you're going, you know, you're good. You're, everything is out in the open. You're going, you know what I mean? And um, so I went and I did everything the right way. And I, I um, like I'm using quotes because <laughs> in the recovery process is like, you know, you go to rehab, you go to sober living, you do, you know, you do all the things. Yeah. So I went to rehab for three months residential. Then I lived in sober living for three months. I did it all according to plan. And then I relapsed a month later. So I had seven months of sobriety mm-hmm. and I relapsed. Okay. But the pivot moment was, um, I was working as a the co-host of studio 512, our morning show. I started in September, 2018. Uh, I got let go March of 2019. And I went to rehab a week later, like 10 days after I got laid off and um, let go, sorry. And I was not using cocaine or anything during that time, but I was drinking like a fish. Mm-hmm. I was drinking a lot. Um, note to self, don't, don't like be in a job where you feel like you have to drink every Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. like if your job is for, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I learned that about myself. Um, that's a whole different conversation. But I, so I went into rehab March 27th. So March 26th is my sober date. And so I'll, I'll be hitting a year soon, depending on when this airs. But um, mm-hmm. I walked into the same residential rehab on March 27th as I had previously gone to. And I walked into the rehab center here in Austin, Texas. And four people that were there who had worked there were like, hey, Vasavi, we're so happy to have you. Okay? Mm-hmm. I walk in, they knew my name. Wow. And they said, we're so happy to have you here. 
And in that moment, this is my pivot moment, I said to myself, screw this. I will no longer be associated with, I don't want, this is not who I was born to be. I was not born to be this person that goes in and out of rehab. I was not born to be this person that's known for being an addict and an alcoholic. I am not going, I am not this person. I am going to create who I want to be, who I know myself to be. I don't need to create anything. It's already in there. Mm-hmm. But I had to choose to be that person. And so in that moment, March 27, 2019, I said to my counselor, Carl, Carl, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'm not coming back here again. I am not going back to rehab again. I'm not, this is not me. This is not why God put me on this earth to be in and out of rehab. Like I will learn the lesson that I have to learn. I will do what I have to do. Tell me what to do. I did everything he asked me to do. In that moment, I shut up because Miss Know-It-All didn't know anything about staying sober. Mm. She didn't know anything. So I shut up and I said, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And he said, meetings, AA meetings, you know, um, AA, Narcotic Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, whatever 12-step meetings you want to go to, get a sponsor. And I'm very close to my sponsor, even to this day. We're, we're, I mean, we'll go through the steps, change your people, places, and things that you surround yourself with. Do not act like you can go to a bar and be okay. Stop trying to like put yourself through the ringer and test yourself. Haven't you been tested enough? So every single thing, listen, the thing with getting sober and staying sober, Stephanie, it's like really simple. The steps are very simple. It's not easy. And I complicated things. Mm. So here I am, 11 months later. I just, wow. I just decided I'm no longer going to be this person anymore. I'm no longer going to identify with this broken version of myself. But yeah. I have to get help. Yeah. I have to get the help. So and not do it yourself. Yeah, not do it myself, right? It's not a matter of like, oh, I'm no longer broken. No, I was broken. Like I was just messed up, messed up thinking. And you cannot solve a problem with the same broken mind that fixed it. I'm sorry, with the same broken mind that created the problem. You cannot mm-hmm. solve a problem with the same mind that created the problem. So I had to get help. So that was yeah. my pivot moment. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love like how, like how you're touching on the identity. Like I always talk about when it comes to creating the life that you want, it's really who you are being. Yes. And for you in that moment, it was like, I am not this person. I'm not this, you know, this isn't me. And like having to just like create that, the identity that you wanted to step into yeah. to, to change things around. That's so yeah. powerful. Yeah. So. And it's taken, it's taken 11 months and it'll, it'll be, it, it, I'm not done yet. I never want to say I'm done yet. Right? Like, yeah. yes, I'm, I'm a work in progress and I feel very solid about who I am. But the minute I say, I know who I am, I completely know who I am. I stop learning. So yeah. I know who I am and I'm always open to uncovering a different range within me right? Like you say now, like, wow, you have that East Coast energy. That's one part of me. I have a part of me that's also very soft and mushy. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I do very soft and I can cry at the drop of a hat. You may not know this, but I, I, I shed a tear like probably three to four days a week mm. just because I'm touched by something. So yeah. expanding our range of who we are and not just saying, this is who I am. It completely puts you in a box. So uh, I, I enjoy learning and, and, and uh, uncovering different parts of myself that I, I didn't even know existed. Mm. I'm actually shy too. You are? I cannot imagine oh you shy. Oh my God. You are seriously like one of the, in my perspective, I see you as like so confident and outgoing. I'm like, damn, like she really just owns it. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm a little shy. I mean, put me in a certain situation. I, I have to think about it, but I, I definitely have moments of shyness and I'm, I'm, I'm a little shy sometimes. Yes, I am. And I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm a daddy's girl and I'm very, when I'm with my father, I'm very, 
I revert back to being a little girl, not in a weird kind of way. I'm, I'm just, I'm very soft when it comes to my, my father and I are very alike and I love him very much. There's a softness that comes out when I, when I think about my dad who's getting mm. I just want to take care of him all the time. So he's going to come stay with me for a few weeks. And I'm excited. Oh, that's so nice. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. I feel like we hit on like so many things. Is there anything else that you want to touch on or share or anything before we wrap it up? Yeah. What I just want to tell your listeners real quick, I, you know, I, I purposely gave you very clear steps because I want you guys to get started if you've been listening to Spiritual Boss Bay podcast and you already know Stephanie is amazing when it comes to the mindset and, and the quantum manifestation that I know the work that you're doing. So the mindset piece is, is so important. And I know you also emphasize obviously taking that action. You would not get to, you would not be where you are today if you had not, if you just been sitting <laughs> on your ass, right? So highlight and, and really shout out to the action that you take. But to everyone listening, I gave you guys really simple steps because it really is that simple. You have to... You have to actually do it and, and keep it so simple. Just think about how can I foster this relationship? Your job is to get clear on your message. Your job is to identify where you want to speak. Your job is to find that contact and for you to send that email. Ask someone, do you know this person? It, like literally just like, write that email and send it. And then I, I, I feel like I sound like a broken record, but it's really that simple. And if yeah. you do that enough times, you plant that many seeds... I pitch myself to about 10 to 15 organizations, podcasts, conferences, um, probably every two to three days. So wow. if you see me out there, no one's coming knocking on my door. Yeah. No one's knocking on my door. I knock on everybody's door. If you see an opportunity, put yourself out there. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much. This was amazing. Where can people find you and find out more about like what you're doing, what's going on with you? Absolutely. Um, they can go to vasavikumar.com. I have a free training on the one simple strategy to get over imposter syndrome. You'll see that as soon as you go to my Love site. It. Yeah, thank you. And then on Instagram, uh, higher vasavi. Well, that's a play on words. It's H I G H E R, like higher power, higher mm. vasavi. Like I tap into my higher vasavi. <laughs> and also hire me, H I R E. Yeah, so higher vasavi. I'm on Instagram and I'd love to connect with each and every one of you. It's really important that I, I, I connect with people online and offline on the phone. It doesn't matter. I, I love human beings. So awesome. And I'll put the, I'll put your, those links in the show notes for those of you listening so that you can make sure that you grab that free training on overcoming imposter syndrome, because we all can probably use that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Vasavi. This was amazing. Thank you so much, Stephanie. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. 